Coming up on the Hawkeyes podcast, South Trent Condon and LaShawn Daniels. We talk guy football after the win against Rutgers. A look back. The run game certainly showed some improvements. We will get into that. We'll also talk about the defense. Two special teams touchdowns, including a very important player, not just what he does, does on the field, but also off it and Kayvon Merriweather. And we'll wrap up a look ahead to Michigan, the big one coming up at Kinnick Stadium on Saturday. All to come on today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. He's LaShawn Daniels. I'm Trent Condon, and this is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Hawkeyes your first listen each and every day, available wherever you get podcasts. And you can also see us on YouTube. Just go to Locked On Hawkeyes there. While you're there, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button. Help us out as we have gone over 1,000 subscribers, and I'd love to get that number even higher. Just hit subscribe, and you'll see where we're live each and every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Again, that's Upside and the promo code LOCKED. LaShawn, Iowa gets it done 27-20. to Flies over the total on the field goal late there by Drew Stevens as he bangs it off the upright and in as Iowa gets the job done 27 to 10 over Rutgers. A very workmanlike effort. Defense does it. Two touchdowns out of them. One on a fumble return before that, the interception from Cooper DeGene. But it wasn't exciting. It wasn't high flying, but it was a kind of victory that you want to go into. A very businesslike effort from the Hawkeyes Saturday night. Yeah, yeah. I think thought they did a fantastic job. Obviously, everything kind of started with the defense, right? You know, with uh Coop, you know, taking the interception and for a touchdown. And then after that, right, uh that momentum kind of just carried the Hawks for the rest of the rest of the game. So it was good to see um everyone flying around, saw some improvements offensively, which is good, especially in the run game. Um, so that's very, very encouraging and exciting to see. Um, so that's that's what I wanted, right? We saw a bunch of prog- progression from week to week, and obviously they're still in the process of getting better, and they're going to continue to get better um, throughout the year. So that was a great, good showing for them um, for the first Big Ten game of the year. You know, we've talked obviously so much about the offense and some of the struggles that we've seen this year. I want to just take a moment and talk about the defense at the top and just how good it's been throughout this season. Yeah, offense sells tickets, though Iowa <laughs> Kinnick Stadium sold out throughout this season. But, you know, that's what gets the headlines is the offense and what you do there. This defense, though, there's been a lot of great ones, certainly during the Kirk Ferentz tenure, but they're making a name for themselves. It's going to be more difficult now going forward. Starting this week with Michigan, they're going to have to be ready for that one. And we'll break that day, game down coming up here in just a little bit. But, LaShawn, this defense, the way that they completely take teams out of it, the physicality that they play with all over the place. They got playmakers. This team, they're fun to watch just flying around and making plays all over the place. Yeah, I mean, there's guys on every level of the defense, right? I mean, obviously a lot bunch of football starts up front and with Iowa's defensive line rotation that they have going on on right now basically whoever's in there right now is able to either generate uh pressure on the quarterback right or to clog up holes in the run game and it's really really fantastic to see because then that that 
in turn then helps the linebackers, right? And we know how good our linebacker unit is with, with Jack Campbell and Seth Benson um, playing a bunch of snaps and always every single week flying around and making it what it seems like almost every single tackle on the field. And then we obviously know the back end, right? It's always talked about, obviously led by, by Riley Moss, who essentially, you know, plays lockdown on that side of the field. They see every now and again, he gives a play and gave up a touchdown um, to a good receiver from Rutgers on Saturday. But, you know, those guys are able to be back there and make it, make basically make offenses uh if they want to sustain drives and they want to put up points right they got to do it the long and hard way right they're not going to give up any big plays right and they're not going to make mistakes so if as offense if i'm going against that hawkeye defense thing is i've got to make sure that i avoid mistakes because that's going to uh because all our defense is going to take advantage of it right we saw it we saw it on saturday right we saw it with uh Coop's interception return for a touchdown. And then we saw it with the fumble where Kayvon picked it up and ran in for a score as well, right? Like with teams, if you're making those mistakes against the, against the Iowa defense, it's going to be very, very difficult for you to win a football game because they're that style. So we see the two defensive touchdowns, the return by Cooper. I mean, he was zigzagging around, kind of looked like a punt return, and he was also returning punts, and I think there's going to be something to him. Arlen Bruce sounded like he was pretty banged up, and that's why uh, they made the change there. And I don't know, this might be permanent now, and especially you know, with Keegan Johnson as we await, his season might be over. There's more and more rumblings about that. It's so important to keep Arlen Bruce healthy. So might be Cooper back there returning punts. The other crazy thing, too, with him is, He's a guy that just started playing cornerback less than a year ago, and he was out there. They put Sebastian Castro in the cash position. Cooper then uh, moved over, and he was playing cornerback for a guy that's never played cornerback before until a year ago and playing at this kind of level. Boy, he's just a special, special talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, first off, for starters, it definitely helps when you're crazy athletic. As- yeah. Cooper is right. I mean, yeah. if you're able to, if you're able to run and jump extremely well, just like him, I mean, that makes that, that transition uh, a little bit easier, but then now you got some of the best, um, you know, in the business coaching, right. You I mean, you got um, coach Parker, right. And then you've got, you've got Riley uh, there to kind of obviously show you the ropes. Obviously he's a big 10 defensive player of the year, you know, all American, right. Like all these different things. So, when you've got guys like that around you and, you know, you see them every single day in practice and you see these guys in the film room, you see them in the weight room, you see how, you know, these guys work. Um, that stuff does start to rub off on you. And um, Cooper's done a fantastic job, obviously, stepping in and, and playing cornerback with with injuries. Right. You know, big thing at Iowa is, you know, that next man in mentality. Right. So he. You know, it was some unfortunate situations with some guys being out, but, you know, he took advantage of the situation and is obviously playing with uh, flying colors. He's playing at a high level and uh, this defense overall, uh, the pressure up front, Lucas Van Ness saw pro football focus, had him the most pressures from a defensive lineman this week in college football, talking about a lot of teams and, and Lucas Van Ness. He was the one that forced that first interception with the pressure that he got on Simon, the quarterback. He's playing at a high level uh, the depth that they continue to build up there. It's really exciting. Noah Shannon coming off the injury. I thought he played very well. You know, stats didn't really back it up numbers wise, but I thought he was really impactful in the middle there. Rutgers came in. They were running the football incredibly well. 
and there's just no room for him. Seth Benson and Jack Campbell, both those guys played at a high level. The disappointing thing, though, Justin Jacobs was able to give it a go and looked like he re-injured that hamstring, and more than likely, that's going to be significant. Coming back from those kind of injuries you do too early, they talked about Keegan Johnson, maybe the same thing now for Justin Jacobs. Yeah, very, very unfortunate, because obviously he's another fantastic player, um, you know, in that linebacker unit who really obviously does it all right from, you know, filling in the run game and making tackles, but also, you know, covering uh, some of the other teams kind of more athletic, bigger guys, right. Whether that be, you know, running backs or tight ends. Right. So not having him in is definitely going to hurt the defense. And obviously we want to get him back healthy, you know, so we can be back and playing at a high level, but um you know, again, it's going to be the next man in and, and guys are going to have some more opportunities again to keep stepping up and making plays. And, you know, when you're on that Iowa defense, right, you do kind of have that reputation like, yeah, um, you know, we're, we're, we're a badass group. We're going to make sure we're going to make all these plays and, um, you know, force teams to play our brand of football and, um, you know, not cave against anyone. Well, one other thing I wanted to talk about as we're going through the defense, we're going to get into the run game and what we saw offensively, at least some positive strides on that side of the football. But we talked a lot about Cooper DeGene, the other guy that scored the touchdown, Kayvon Merriweather, ball popped out. He picked it up, scooped it up, and ran in for the touchdown. I want to get your perspective on this, though. And I mentioned this uh, in the reaction podcast after the game against Rutgers, is what he has meant to this program after 2020 of course your brother what james was one of the first people talking about the discrepancies and what african-american players were dealing with and feeling you know that there was maybe a different standard and set of rules that was set there it created a, a lot of turmoil inside the program and of course uh, coach doyle was the one ultimately that lost his job out of that but Kayvon merriweather he was one of the first guys came out and talked and talked about making a change and making improvements inside the program He's such a leader, and that leadership, as good of a football player that he is, he might be even a better person. Last year, he won the media award, first one that was handed out by the media of what he has meant. I don't know if you know Kayvon very well, but you can certainly see it from the outside from my perspective of just how important he was getting through that summer of 2020 and, and where this program is today. Yeah, um, without a doubt, right? I mean, for, for starters, obviously, I was a tough what a period of time for, you know, kind of everyone involved, right, in the uh, Iowa family, right, whether you were a current player, former player, uh, coaches, um, fans, all that stuff, right, there's a bunch of emotion um, going around and all these different things, and, you know, obviously, like, we can talk and do all these different things, you know, outside of the building, but, you know, those guys inside the building, right, like, they're, they're still teammates, Right. They still have goals that they want to reach and all these different things. So having a guy that's there, right, kind of take hold of everything and uh, take responsibilities like, hey, we've got to make this change. Um, we've got to we've got to be better. Right. Um, for for everyone in in the building. Right. You want to rebuild kind of some of that culture that may have been lacking. Right. And um, obviously, like we know. Right. Right. James wasn't trying to tear down the program or anything like that. Right. He's just trying to, uh, you know, move things into more of a positive light. Right. So and honestly, think they, they've obviously been doing a fantastic job of it. Um, as we've seen, I mean, it seems like the players just in general play like like this seems like, again, I haven't been in the building in a, in a long while. Right. But it just kind of seems like as if 
it's not as kind of heavy around um, just in general. Like when you listen to the guys in interviews and, you know, you see them on the sidelines and all these different things and you kind of seen like these personality uh, it's shown a little bit more than maybe as it, as it was in the past. Right. And, and Kayvon's obviously been a fantastic leader in that aspect. Right. And there's a bunch and there's a huge, huge reason why everyone in the building respects him. And there's a big reason why a bunch of former players um, former people involved in the program respect him as well. Right. And they, they see that uh, they see that energy kind of come off from, from him, whether it's in an interview or it's on the football field. And that's a big reason why he was also probably voted, was voted a captain as well. Right. Like that captainship just doesn't get handed out. It's something that has to be earned through, uh, you know, obviously your work, your dedication, your play on the field, all that stuff goes into being, being a captain. And obviously kayvon has been doing a fantastic job of it. And obviously I'm excited to continue to see how his leadership continues to develop um, not only here at Iowa, but also at the next level as well. Um, because, you know, obviously being Iowa DB, you got a pretty, pretty good chance of uh, having a pretty good uh, football career. So, And it looks like he's going to be another one in the, in the line to making that happen. You know, during that time, without a guy like Kayvon that was there at the forefront and, and working for change, and that's one thing I remember of that press conference. Remember, it was 2020. They had to have the press conference outside that summer. So they're all outside. I, I think they're on one of the practice fields. They're doing it, and everybody was separated. Had to make sure we were six feet away from everybody. <laughs> But my big takeaway was about and saying, you know, it'd be easy to tuck your tail and leave, you know, but he wanted to be part of the change and a positive change because that thing could have got as bad as it was and the changes that were necessary that look have been implemented. That thing could have gone in a really negative direction very quickly. And I think Kayvon deserves a lot of credit for being one of those guys that stood up and said, let's stay here. Let's work on this. Let's make Iowa football better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Right. I mean, uh, again, it's it's easy, right, to to want to walk away from a situation like that. And I mean, for the most part, I mean, who would have who would have blamed them, right? I mean, who would have honestly right. like sat there and been like, like, well, like I can't believe, like, you know, he doesn't want to be a part of, you know, all this stuff. Like, no, like, no one's actually going to think that. But it obviously takes some some real heart, right, to sit there and look at the situation and be like, you know what? Obviously, like that was the past. Obviously, some changes are being made. Well, since I'm already, I'm still here, right? Obviously, it's not going to be the easiest transition, but, you know, how can I help, you know, lead this change, right? So, um, you know, with that, like, again, you got to give Kayvon a bunch of, bunch of credit because, again, it would have been easy to leave. It would have been easy for a bunch of players to leave, right? And I think, you know, Kayvon and a bunch of some of the other players, uh, leaders on that team kind of got everyone together. And, you know, really sat with each other, like, we're going to fix this. We're going to make the, the future culture better, not make the culture better, not only for us, but for the players that come way after us, whether it be, you know, players in five years, 10 years, 20 years, right? Move, just continue to move that culture for, forward. So very, very, uh, you know, impressed by Kayvon and the whole, whole Iowa football team and staff for, you know, really writing that ship. Because as you said, right, it could have gone crazy crazy negative way right and um we were able to combat combat that so very very proud of the guys for that no no doubt about it in, in a conversation you know for a guy like me i'm 42 years old lived in iowa my whole life been a hawkeye fan i'm a white guy you know it's it's uncomfortable but i think it's important for us to still have these conversations and, and make sure that the pro 
hearing that things are going well and spotlighting guys like Kayvon Merriweather that have been very impactful. Well, LaShawn, we got a lot more to get into here today. We're going to talk about the running game. Improvement certainly there. I thought we saw some good work inside of the offensive line. Tackles feel like they're starting to round into form. Really good grades uh, from Pro Football Focus from both Mason Richmond. Uh, what we've seen out of him along with Connor Colby at the tackle position. And those interior guys maybe starting to figure things out. We'll talk about that as we continue here in a moment. This is the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. Well, Upside, it is a great app. I got it right here on my phone right now and a lot going on. You're cringing at the pump as you're getting ready to put gas in. Your favorite restaurant, prices continue to go up. Inflation is hitting us all where it hurts, and it really hurts. That's why I started using Upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who wants to buy gas, groceries, dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back. Thanks to Upside. I'm looking right now on the app. I got a bunch of gas offers, 60% back, 57% back, uh, cents, excuse me, back uh, per gallon out there. Lots of restaurants in my area, and it'll work for you wherever you are. It is Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app. Use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business. Just pay as usual with your debit or credit card and you get paid. Download the free Upside app, use promo code LOCKED, and again, $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using the promo code LOCKED. Trent Cotton and LaShawn Dan here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. And LaShawn, let's uh, talk about that running game. Your forte, old running back for the Hawkeyes, and some good things. We talked about Caleb Johnson. He's different. And... Gavin and LaShawn Williams, both those guys were out there making plays. Great to see LaShawn get into the end zone for the only offensive uh, touchdown of the day as he got in after, of course, uh, the devastating news from a week ago and the passing of his father. Yeah, it felt great for him, but we talked about him last week. Let's talk about it again. Caleb Johnson just it feels different. That running game feels different when he's in there. You need four yards. He's going to be able to get you four yards. Yeah, uh, Caleb is a fantastic runner. He he runs extremely smooth, right? When you when you're watching him, it almost looks like he's kind of like moving in slow motion, right? And that's how fast that's how fast guys move, right? And uh, like he just reminds me, right? Obviously, not saying that they're the same player or anything like that, but he kind of runs how Melvin Gordon would run when they, he was at yeah. uh, Wisconsin, right? They kind of just, they have that like long, like smooth stride, and they're kind of like they're taller running backs, right? So um it almost seems like every time like they're running they're running high and all this stuff but it's because that's just how their build is right and, and caleb kind of has that very similar build um so again another solid showing from from him yesterday i mean from uh from him on saturday and then in general though i just felt the run game um you know there was there was just more holes there's just a little bit more space this week um to run through and a big credit has to go obviously to the offensive line in making some improvements in the run game. Again, it wasn't anything spectacular, right, showing-wise uh, from the run game, but we saw some much, much improved um, being able to actually get some positive yards, right? And um, I think Caleb and LeSean were both at or above four yards of carry uh, on Saturday, and and that's really what, you're, what you really need, you know, as – as a running team like Iowa, right? Especially when you're trying to establish that run, right? Like getting four yards to carry is like, that's a must have. So we uh, look at the interior of the offensive line. Look, 
I played football at a low level. I, I don't have uh, the same insight as you do uh, kind of what they're doing. And certainly with the zone blocking scheme, look, we didn't have zone blocking schemes at Osage. We, we didn't have anything like that. It was very simple. Hat on hat, uh, old school football. And we're running a uh, 41 traps with fullbacks and things like that back in the day. So it was a different kind of offense that I'm used to and, and that I ran. What I saw though, from my untrained eye was it felt like there was a little more pulling, saw a few more counter plays than we've seen in the past. And it did seem like there's a little bit more of a gap blocking scheme, at least at times compared to uh, what we've seen in the past where it's almost all uh, strictly zone blocking. What did you see? And did my eyes deceive me or did I have it right? Did it feel like they did run a few more counters? So they are starting to pull a little bit more than I think we're used to seeing. I honestly think it started uh, last week when they played Nevada. Right on. I think both Caleb Johnson's like uh, long runs, they were both uh, pulling plays. Right. It wasn't a typical like it wasn't, you know, a regular zone place. Right. It was with pulling, pulling guards or tackles or centers or whoever was pulling. Um, I'd have to go back and look, but they weren't our traditional inside zone plays. And then I think they're they're building off that a little bit more. And then we saw it this past weekend. Right. So um, with that type of scheme. Right. Like. It, it can make it a bun- like a lot easier on your offensive lineman, right? Because um, when you have pullers, right, a lot of times the guys that aren't pulling, they're just down blocking, right? So down block is basically you're just move, you're blocking the gap uh, towards your inside, right, or wherever the pullers are coming from, right? So if we're pulling to the right, right, the offensive line, they're going to down block to the left, right? Just move those guys laterally and create um, some additional space for those pullers to get through and get up to the second level uh, linebackers. Right. And um, it can be an easier scheme to run, um, but it obviously does tell a bunch for the linebackers and defense, like where you're obviously running the football or going with the football, because obviously like if someone's pulling on the offensive line, there's a pretty, pretty high probability that they're going to be running to that exact spot. Um, But like initially it can make it much, much easier on your offensive line. Because like when you think of like an inside zone play, right. Usually it's a lot of times it's a lot of um, one-on-one like type blocking. Right. And you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be a dude for like, for lack of a better word, because you gotta get that vertical movement. You gotta get these guys displaced uh, to have success in that, that part of the game. And I think they, they, they realize that it hasn't been their strength really for a little while now so they're trying to add some of the additional runs that they have in the playbook whether it be you know a counter play or a pull play uh, or rain of power play or you know an outside scheme type play uh for the offensive line and i felt like it helped them quite a bit um this past weekend against against rutgers Petrus looked a little bit better, had the big shot uh, late in the first half. He was able to hit Laporta. It was a tight ends game, only three tickets overall for the wide receiver position, one each to Ragaini. Yeah, I got that right. Got the Italian pronunciation there. <laughs> uh, Ragaini got one, one to Arlen Bruce, and also one to Brody Breck. So this is one where they were relying on the tight ends a whole lot. Lachey and Laporta, they were both really good in the game and also the backs out of the backfield. But Petrus showing improvement and just with some semblance of a running game, that's going to help him out as well uh, going forward. But it's a big, big test. It's a step up big time in competition this week. Michigan coming up uh, next. We're going to talk about that game as we continue here on the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. 
LaShawn, wrapping up here, and we take a look at the Wolverines. The big, bad Michigan team will come in in the winged helmets, and you know there's going to be juice in the building. We've talked about this before. Rivalry games, that's one thing, but when you're taking on one of the Blue Bloods, when it's Ohio State, when it's Michigan, when it's Penn State, Kirk, you can even tell what he's talking in, though he's even kill, and he's Kirk. There's a little something extra there. So what did he say in a week like this with, with Michigan come to town? A, a program like that, a team like that, what does he say when he got one of these blue bloods and you're getting ready to face off against the upper echelon of college football? Yeah. Um, obviously, bunch bunch of it is talking about, obviously, going back and us doing our job, right? Not not focusing on any outside noise or or on them and, you know, how good they are and all this stuff, right? Like, just focusing on us and doing our jobs. Uh, usually he's going to take care of it. But obviously he's like, I mean, it's, then they, I mean, everyone knows, like, right, it's a, it's a great, great opportunity, right? I mean, it's not too often, right, especially in the Big Ten West, right, where you get a chance to play, uh, you know, in Michigan or, or in Ohio State, right? So uh, it's going to be get across to the guys like, yeah, it's going to be a great, great opportunity for us. But obviously we're not changing our preparation at all, right? We're not going to change how we do things. Obviously uh, game plans and stuff that's, that's different, but in general, overall preparation is not going to change. We're not going to change how we do practice. Um, we're not going to change how we do film and all these different things. Uh, we're going to focus on keeping our, obviously our routine that we've already got in place and then focusing on, on, on doing our job. Right. And really, trying to hit, hit hit this team in the mouth, right? Like, we know that that's what it's really what it's going to take to win these type of football games and being smart on the football field, being tough, and then being physical. Like, those are the three things that he makes sure to get across to us, whether it be in meetings, on the practice field, right? Like, those three things you're going to have to do if we want to be able to beat, beat a team like this, especially, uh, you know, a top five type team. Right, a team that won the Big Ten title previous year and made it to the playoffs. Right, like all that stuff is um, noted by by Coach Ferentz, and it really gets spread throughout the not only the team but throughout the entire building as well. So JJ McCarthy is now the quarterback there. He uh, was a high level guy coming in. He's got the McCaffrey name, and I think we remember his older brother. Uh, what happened in the Rose Bowl game and just how good he was. Now, this is a quarterback different than Christian, but J.J. can make plays with his legs. He has moved around, uh, gets outside the pocket. Does take a lot of time, though, in the backfield. Saw that in the game against Maryland where he's happy to hang back there, try to make plays. That's one thing against Maryland, against this defensive front of Iowa, though. I think it's going to be a little bit more difficult for him. This is a game Iowa's going to have to win in my book, though. They're going to have to win in a phone booth. They're going to have to win at, like, the 2016 game. 14-13. It's going to have to be a grinded. They can't get in a track meet here and expect with the offensive problems that we've seen this year. I, I just can't see them winning this game. You know, 35-31. That just seems highly unlikely. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's very rare, right, where Iowa, we get in a track meet and we win those games, right? Because obviously it's, it's not our brand of football, right? It's not what we do. Um, so we know what it's going to take. We obviously know, again, defensively, um, avoiding giving up the big plays, right? Big plays was something that did us in, in the Big Ten title game, right? So trying to limp, keep those big plays to a minimum is going to be be huge, right? Because, again, it's, it's 
it's tough to bounce back from from explosive plays, right? Especially if they go for for touchdowns, right? So we got to make sure defensively, right? We're forcing those guys to drive the length of the field, right? Like if they're going to put up points, it's because that they're converting on third downs, right? They're able to sustain drives, but it's because they're doing it the long and hard way. And then obviously offensively, it's going to be the same thing with us, right? We got to make sure that obviously like we're sustaining drives, right? We're being good in the run game, right? We're staying ahead of the downs, right? So we're not in like a second and eight, right? We're in a second and six or second and five, right? Like being in those situations is going to help tremendously in a football game like this, because again, we know it's going to be physical, right? We know that they have talented football players all over the football field. There's a reason they get, there's a reason they have a bunch of four stars and five stars, right? When you think about their program, right? And, you know, Obviously, Iowa, we're starting to get more of those guys, but nowhere near as many as, you know, a team like this does. So a big part of it is obviously going to be physical, and it's going to have to be physical for all four quarters, and then it's going to end up being like you keep it sticky, you keep it close, right? And then you get into that fourth quarter. Now it's like, okay, like who's got the heart, right? Who's who's going to be able to finish this game, game strong, right? So that's going to be a lot of stuff that's going to uh, be the keys to the game, right? Um, so – Hey, the defense keeps playing how they're playing. Just offensively, if we're able to sustain a couple drives, right, put up a put up, you know, a couple touchdowns, right, and at least get points end of drives, it's going to be very, very big for us. So. Well, got a chance and got to grind this thing out. Got to make it ugly. Defense has probably got to make a play or two. Defense might have to score a time or two to have a shot to pull in the upset here, which should be a fun one Saturday. 11 a.m. kickoff on Fox. It'll be the big noon kickoff, and the whole crew is going to be there as well. So that'll be good to see as Iowa gets ready for it. Should be a fun week. A lot of buildup leading up until the Michigan game. LaShawn, I'm going to be on the road later in the week, but I'll send you and uh, we'll get your picks this week. It was a rough one for you last week, though. I saw one and four in your picks. So we might be fading you this week. Like how unlucky, how unlucky, you know, <laughs> USC, you know, playing yeah. like USC, of course they kept, they end up winning the game. Right. And then what was the other one? Uh, you were on Oklahoma, one. Oklahoma. Yeah. Disappointing. Yeah. Absolutely disappointing performance from them. Obviously credit to Martinez and Kansas state. Like they played extremely, extremely well, but yeah, I was disappointed in them, <laughs> but Hey, I was fine with us losing the spread on the Iowa game. Yes. Hey, yeah. that means that we did a good job. So we'll, we'll take that. <laughs> we'll make our, we'll have our picks here later in the week. I'll be on the road, but we'll pass those along to everybody out there watching and listening here to the Lock On Hawkeyes podcast. It was a fun one. Iowa gets it done 27 10 over Rutgers in a big week now. And final thing, LaShawn, I, I think this is going to tell us a ton about this team. It's not if they win or lose, if, if they can just play well, if they can be competent offensively, hang around, have a shot. You lose this game and you get blown out and they lose, you know, 28 to three. It's going to be, oh boy, you know, back to the same things about the offense. But even if you play Michigan tough and, and you look a lot better than you did last December against them, I think it gives you hope going forward. The Big Ten West, short of Minnesota, it does not look like a strong division this year. It appears to be open and, and Kirk, he's still got the number of Phil Fleck up there in Minnesota. So that's not a bad thing either. Just Play good. Play well. Even if it doesn't end up in victory, I think that'll tell us a lot about this Iowa team. Yep. Agreed, agreed, agreed. Right. We can keep it close, keep it sticky right until the fourth quarter. And then, hey, if you, we lose the game, right? We lose the game. But we want to see see them compete. We want to see us basically kick this game to the wire. So uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it. 
be a great environment. Sold out Kinnick Stadium, 11 a.m. with Iowa and Michigan. That'll do it for today's Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. LaShawn, he'll be back with us again next week, and we'll break everything down. Until then, thanks, LaShawn. Mm -hmm. Go Hawks.